Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. So I am very much looking forward to next week. It's the 33rd BMO Global Metals and Mining and Critical Minerals Conference in Florida. Uh, the most important week of the year for the global mining industry. Well, in my view at least. Uh, we're expecting another record attendance, well over 2,000 attendees, three and a half days of packed content. We'll have CEOs from all the major mining companies present back-to-back presenting on the Monday morning uh, following an introduction from ICMM. Robert Friedland, always entertaining and insightful, will be discussing mining with a greater purpose and powering great ideas for the Monday keynote. On Tuesday, we'll have a fireside chat with Jigger Shah, the director of the loans program at the US Department of Energy, essentially the man in charge of Inflation Reduction Act money in the sector. And this will be followed by a triumvirate of panel options on the Tuesday. One on uranium, that's the best performing commodity under our coverage over the past year. One on lithium, the worst performing. And one on how ESG is maturing. And of course, for those of you who are there on the Sunday, the BMO Research Team is hosting a Mining 101, a Commodities and Critical Minerals 101, and a Battery 101. So at this conference, you get so many companies covering so many different commodities. It's a great learning opportunity and a really good gauge of underlying fundamentals across different subsectors. We will also have polling questions on the conference app, which we'll write up after the event on topics related to the content. And if you ask me one thing I'd like from the conference, I want to hear about how the global metals and mining industry and the leadership there can solve some of society's problems and what needs to be done to facilitate this. This is an industry with great people and great minds and we need to get them put to work in solving some of the world's problems. So, what will be the key discussion points at our conference? Well, this year I expect a lot of love for copper, particularly given the rapid tightening of the raw material market over the past three months, which has not gone unnoticed. Not a new story, love for copper, but what we haven't really seen, I say it before and I'll say it again, is mining companies committing to new projects. Of course, we've seen a lot of challenges around capital intensive spend for some of the new assets that have been delivered. Last year at the conference, company after company was presenting views on potential organic pipelines for copper. And I honestly don't think these slides would have changed. I don't think many projects have really moved forward. So it'll be interesting to see whether there is any impetus yet to grow and try and push these projects forward, given yet another year of supply disappointment, or whether we're still in a situation where management teams are relatively conservative about that long-dated capital spending. Also, given we've seen a bit of negativity from the investor standpoint towards the energy transition, particularly as uh, developed world automakers struggle to penetrate the electric vehicle market, have we seen confidence shaken? particularly from the lithium and critical mineral companies who will be presenting at the event? Nah, I don't think so. I still think there's an expectation of strong growth over the coming years, and this being a blip around a longer-term trend, but given the current uncertainties in these commodities, there's a bit of a supply overhang to work through in many, and we probably do need to see some strategic supply adjustments. In fact, we have started to see them ahead of the event. I'll also be interested to note that 
if we think of the industry as a whole, whether it be the, the gold miners, the major diversifieds, there is still that focus there was this time last year on pivoting towards energy transition-related exposure, or whether the drop in prices we've seen has changed that strategy. Another important theme across the conference will be costs, where results season thus far has seen pretty mixed commentary on the outlook. Um, we're going to hear a lot more about labour pressures for mining companies, both direct and contracted labour, and that's kind of pushed through to a higher short-run marginal cost equilibrium in, in many areas. I also expect a, a discussion around long-run prices and where they're going. I do think we've seen this steady trend that long-run prices and through-cycle norms for many commodities, whether it be base metals, precious metals, bulk commodities, have all moved higher. And I think that will continue, perhaps with the exception of battery raw materials. I wouldn't be surprised to see many companies state that to justify new investment, commodity prices simply have to be higher. What won't be here about as much as in past conferences? Well, China, simply as we are too soon post-Lunar New Year to get any solid gauge of activity levels. Also, while ESG will certainly still be a topic, it may not dominate presentations and discussions in the way it did a couple of years ago, for example. Now, of course, last year we added critical minerals to the title of our conference, reflecting the growing global importance of this thematic. I'd still say the battle for raw materials and the geopolitical nature of this has only just begun. However, it has been a turbulent time for some of the underlying commodities themselves. But I do want to note three interesting developments over the past couple of weeks. Firstly, the International Energy Agency has launched plans for a critical mineral security programme with the aim of securing supply of minerals critical to this fuel to materials transition. We've got limited details on this so far. But the approach that the IA has taken in oil requires member countries to hold three months of inventory, which can be released or loaned out in the event of disruptions. So this looks to be the strategy. We would expect countries to maybe given some timeline to build this inventory. But if we think about it from a commodities perspective, stocking like this would be, in effect, a new form of demand over the coming years, which would augment natural transition-related growth and it would reverse this long-held trend of governments holding less material. bigger challenge, though, might be finding the right funding model to secure the supply of these materials rather than looking at the demand side. Uh, secondly, the Australian government has placed nickel on its critical minerals list. Now, perhaps not too much of a surprise, but the timing is interesting. It gives companies access to a facility to fund projects in the nickel area, Recently, we have seen a number of these Australian nickel operations impaired or, or taken offline amid falling prices. And the government statement itself noted that substantial structural challenges that cannot be addressed overnight in the nickel industry. So government policies are reacting to market conditions, but I would say this is only happening when push comes to shove. And lastly, I've received quite a few incomings on the US Department of Defence plans to develop an AI-based model to estimate prices and predict supplies of critical minerals with the aim of boosting market transparency. Um, the aim here is to construct a metal's structural price and generate a formula for timing purchases for additions to national stockpiles. Well, what I would say is that we commodity forecasters are certainly not perfect. Analyzing markets is an art as well as a science with a huge number of interdependent variables. I don't doubt that AI can help sort the signals from the noises, but I politely suggest that there are many higher priorities for US spending than trying to reinvent the wheel. 
Finally, there is another mining conference in Florida next week. Uh, for the zinc market, the annual International Zinc Association Conference is an important time in the calendar. It's when the heavy lifting takes place in the negotiations for annual contract zinc treatment charges for 2024. This is a bilateral negotiation between miners and smelters, but of course, naturally, current market dynamics play a pretty key role in what may happen. This is in copper. Smelters are in a bit of a difficult position. Spot treatment charges have been falling. The underlying zinc price is down on the level seen last year. The developed world demand is certainly weak. And moreover, we've got falling power prices. Uh, so that has led to some expectation of potential smelter restarts over the course of 2024. Now the smelters, they'll point to new mines coming to market such as Capuche, the restart of Penisquito. But miners have one big thing in their favour. China is an increasingly important importer of zinc concentrate. And this is a growing alternative to traditional buyers for any mining producer looking to sell material. So our base case is for a drop in the zinc treatment charge about $180 a tonne this year. That's down from $274 per tonne last year. Though I do get the feeling negotiations could be prolonged. Thank you for listening to Metal Matters. I look forward to seeing everyone coming to our conference in Florida. Next week, we'll release a one-off special I've recorded with Rodawan, CEO of ICMM, and some of the good things the industry is bringing to global society. Or, for those of you who can't wait for this, it's already on BMO Sustainability Leaders podcast channel. That was Metal Matters, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Metal Matters on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more episodes, including our other podcast series, BMO Equity Research in Tune. If you have feedback or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please do share it with me at colin.hamilton at bmo.com. To access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com forward slash public hyphen disclosure.